Welcome to Australian Hiker. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 72 of the Australian Hiker podcast, and this week's episode is titled Getting Fit for Hiking. Over the past 10 years or so, uh, both Jill and I have done a number of multi-week long-distance hikes, and one of the things that ceases to amaze me, or in fact, it probably doesn't really, is the lack of training that many hikers will do. Uh, And it's not unusual to uh, see people doing the Kokoda track or the Overland track uh, they make their decision two weeks out, uh, and they launch straight into the hike without having done any preparation at all. Now, if you're the sort of individual that keeps fairly fit and is very active, that may not be uh, an issue. But for many people who haven't been fit or haven't done the training, it can present problems. So if you talk to any fitness professional or any doctor, without fail, they're all going to tell you that being fit for your chosen activity, whether it's hiking or not, It's not only a good idea for your health, but it's also a way of ensuring that you enjoy it much more. So in today's episode, we're going to be looking at the basics of getting fit for hiking. So what does being fit mean and how does this relate to hiking? Um, And this is a question that people will often ask, uh, along with, do I need to hit the gym and and lift heavy weights? And really, there is no single answer here, uh, and it's simply because everyone is different in how they hike and the sort of hikes that they go through and do. For some people, this means doing a two-kilometre walk once a month with a fairly light pack on fairly flat sort of ground. For others, it may mean doing through hikes uh, where they're doing multiple days of 20 kilometres plus uh, over difficult terrain with heavy packs. And while these activities are essentially the same, the difference in intensity and in load bearing will require different training regimes. But ultimately, the goal is to undertake the walks that you've chosen to do um, uh, in a manner that um, is going to be make it as easy for you as possible. So when we talk about fitness for hiking, what are we talking about? Now, the first thing we're going to talk about is what is your goal? And I suppose this really depends on you as an individual. For most keen hikers, the majority of us do shorter walks of varying lengths. And if we're lucky, we'll do a longer trip on a semi-regular basis. We've got life, we've got family commitments. So as much as I'd like to do long-distance hiking as a job, uh, this is not going to happen at the moment. If this describes you, you may not need to do anything special. The majority of my hikes are day hikes, which are mainly under 10 kilometres in length, uh, with most of the overnight trips that I do being single nights with pack weight of less than 10 kilos. Uh, On a more regular basis, I'll do longer hikes of 20 plus kilometres. And then once a year, uh, on average, I'll do a five day plus hike where I'm averaging more than 15 kilometres a day. Between walking to work and hiking, uh, I average at least 70 kilometres of walking each week. 
And in addition, I do aerobic exercise or weight training in the gym. So this means that I usually don't do any specific training for my hikes as my average weekly activity caters for this. As we record this podcast, I'm less than a month out from doing a thousand kilometer walk on the Bibbulmun Track in Western Australia. And in addition to my regular fitness regime, I've been ramping up my training for a number of months. So this started six months out where I started doing longer days, um, more complex days, uh, more hill climbs, um, and doing a lot more hiking than I have been. So my 70 kilometers has increased from, from my average. Two months out, I started in integrating um, a, a pack training, which I'll talk about in a moment. Um, and as part of this, I, I did a, a post uh, on social media, and I must admit I was surprised at getting some of the comments that I did uh, that saying that the increased activity wasn't really necessary uh, and that I'd be able to build up fitness while I'm on the trail. Now, while I do agree with that, that you do build up fitness as you hike, um, I think that uh, from a, a, a preparation perspective, you really do need to start preparing um, uh, for a period out, and this really depends on the length and the intensity of the hiking you're going to go through and, and do. And for me, it's a little bit different because, uh, you know, Tim's pace is different to mine. So when we're doing a longer hike, uh, something over multiple days or even multiple weeks, I do find that I need to... Uh, boost my training uh, in the lead up um, and I do various things. Um, partly it's about uh, carrying the weight and getting used to the weight on, on my back but it's also for me in terms of building up stamina and being able to prolong uh, long days and to do it at a pace that I can um, keep up with Tim essentially. So once you've actually decided what your goal is, so whether your goal is just to do short hikes on a semi-regular basis and you're not pushing yourself too hard, or whether you're doing something more complex like the Overland Track or the Bibbulmun Track, really um, it's going to be a matter of allowing yourself enough time and planning to build that fitness level up. Now, in regards to fitness, there's probably three main considerations we want to look at, and the first of those is aerobic fitness. Um now, there's a well-known saying that you'll often hear hikers advocate, uh, in, either in person or in online blogs, and the best, and this is the best way to prepare for a hike is to actually hike itself. Now, in principle, I agree with this, and for me, this is certainly the mainstay of my preparation for the hikes that I do. But having said that, just going through and hiking and walking um, in, in itself is probably not quite enough. You need to do additional exercise over that. Now, the first aspect of fitness preparation we're going to look at is aerobic fitness. And there's a well-known saying that you'll often hear hikers advocate, either in person or in online blogs, um, and that is the best way to prepare for hiking is to hike. And in principle, I agree with this, uh, and this, for me, is certainly the mainstay of my preparation. Um, I go through and look at the hikes I'm going to be doing, uh, and I will make sure that I'm hiking on a regular basis in a manner similar to what I'm going to be uh, doing on uh, on long-distance hikes or bigger hikes. So if that means I'm going to be doing 10 or 15-kilometre hikes during the daytime, that's what I try and replicate. 
Yeah, I'm a little bit different because I like to go a little bit further than what I'm expecting on the trail. So if uh, if it's regular 15 kilometre days, um, I'll, I'll want to know I can sustain distances of longer than that over multiple days um, and probably with slightly heavier packs. So um, I think it's a little bit... Uh, little bit mental, a little bit psych- psychological for me that I, I need to just know that I can go a little bit beyond um, what I'm expecting to do. So essentially what it comes down to is look at the hiking that you're doing and try and replicate it as far as possible. Now, if you're planning on doing multiple days of hiking, then at the very least you should be doing hikes of similar distances before you start the trip and then combining that into multiple days. So maybe look at doing an overnight trip where you do two longer days and see how you actually uh, stack up after those two days. Don't forget that when you are doing aerobic training for hiking, that when you're doing the hike itself, you're going to be carrying a pack of some particular weight. So it's no good just doing lots of hiking with a light day pack and then going on your trip carrying a 10, 15, 20 kilo pack, um, you need to be doing pack training. Now, in episode 32, we talked to Joe Bonington uh, about pack training, uh, and certainly his recommendation was pack training is fairly important, particularly the uphill component as opposed to the downhill component. And he actually recommended in that episode is you wear a heavy pack going uphill uh, and lose the weight coming downhill. Uh, just to minimise the impact on your knees. Uh, not always possible. Uh, and Joe, always, Joe actually recommended using water, um, so it's easy to dump the water out at the top, go back down the bottom of the hill, fill back up again and walk back up the hill. So um, I must admit I use bags of rice uh, and blankets in my pack, and that way it gives me a realistic sort of uh, uh, a feeling to when I'm carrying my pack. Um, but the thing we don't want to use when we're doing pack training is the plate weights or kettlebells because it, what it's going to do is put a fairly concentrated weight in a particular area uh, and this is just not going to represent what you're actually going to be carrying in real life. The other thing to think about when you are doing fitness training or pack training is you need to do something that's a bit more realistic. So That may mean integrating hills, particularly if that's what you're planning on doing on your hike. Um, It may also mean doing it on uneven ground. And we'll talk about that a bit more as when we talk about flexibility and stability. Now, from my perspective, I like to travel or like to, a bit like Jill, where she likes to do slightly longer distances, I like to add about two kilograms heavier than what I'm going to be carrying on the trip. So when I do start my journey, it feels a lot lighter. So currently for my Bibbleman track hike, I'm carrying an 18 kilo pack when I pack train. And I don't always use the pack. Some walks I'll do with the pack, some without, just to give it a bit of variation. Now, in addition to hiking or preparing for a hike by hiking, I also integrate other types of aerobic training, including cross trainer and a bike, both of which are gym based. And I find that these activities do a couple of things for me. It allows me to get the sweat up, um, and I find that I, even on hot days, I tend not to sweat when I'm hiking. Um, I'm just not building up enough exertion to do that. Um, you need to go fast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
certainly um, it, it does allow me to, to build that fitness up. And the other thing it also does is it uses different muscles. So I find that um, when you're doing walking, your muscles tend to lock into a particular stride or a particular manner. Um, and I find that at the end of a day, after a long day, that my uh, um, you know I take the pack off and all of a sudden my legs feel really strange because I've been used to doing short little steps compared to what I would be without a pack. My aerobic um, exercise of choice is running. So um, I get the solitude. Tim, Tim's not a runner, so I get the solitude of uh, running alone. And uh, I just find it it's the best thing for me to uh, build up my cardio fitness. So whether it's something like a cross trainer or a treadmill or running outdoors or swimming uh, or any of the other cardio-based activities you can think of, do something that you enjoy. I find if I run, my knees just get too sore uh, and that actually uh, slows my fitness training down. So running for me is not something I tend to do. Uh, well, I obviously do enjoy it because this week I've been out running in the dark at uh, minus 7.8 degrees um, at 6.30 in the morning. So, yeah, it, it's been a bit hard this week, let me tell you, to enjoy it. <laughs> The next type of fitness we're going to be looking at is strength fitness. For most hikers, aerobic training it tends to be high on the list, but it's really hard or really rare to hear people talking about doing strength training. Strength training performs a number of roles. It helps to build up bone density, particularly as you get older. It builds up a general level of robustness by building up muscle mass. And it also allows us to pick up a heavy pack without injuring yourself. And really what it comes down to, if you can't pick up your pack and you have to sort of kneel down to get yourself into it before you can stand up, really that means you're carrying a pack that's too heavy or you're really unfit or, un, uh, or just have or too weak and need to actually either lighten your pack or increase your strength. Now, strength training doesn't necessarily mean lifting heavy weights, although I find personally, for me, this is an easy option. Um, but there are also a number of bodyweight exercises like doing planks, pull-ups, push-ups, um, and others to improve your strength. Remember that strength training is also not about just the legs. It's also about the core, the, the abdomen, uh, the back and the shoulder muscles. Um, and don't just do exercises that just focus on the legs. Yeah. And the other thing is um, sometimes we think that we uh, need to go to a gym or we need to have expensive equipment or whatever, but, you know, um, there's a whole bunch of uh, guidance you can get um, and uh, use things like uh, bands to uh, sim simulate um, weights so you're, you're pulling against um, uh, other parts of your, your body. Um, you can make up weights, you know, I'm sure um, a couple of big containers of um, orange juice filled with water after you've filled them, you know, that, that there are a whole bunch of other options that you can have if you're not into the gym and you don't want to get yourself a whole lot of weight gear. Okay, from there we move on to flexibility and stability. And these really are two separate things, but we'll lump them together. And like strength training, many people tend to ignore flexibility and stability training. And I give an example here that um, there's a an event that's run in uh, Canberra and also in, in other cities around Australia called the Two Day Walk. 
and this is um, where I'll, we'll end up doing a marathon, so 42 kilometers in one day, and then a shorter walk the next day. And for me, that typically means around about the 30 kilometer mark. No, no pack, only just a light day pack, so it's not hugely exertion exerting me as in relation to carrying heavy packs. Though you look pretty bad by the end of <laughs> the it, first it, day, and definitely by the end of the second day. Um, <laughs> But um, one of the things that, that often surprises me that you, know, you go there, you check in in the morning, and then I'll go through and do some stretching and, and some dynamic stretching, and I rarely see anybody else doing any exercises at all. They just launch into it and walk straight off. So I think um, doing flexibility and stability training is certainly an important aspect, particularly when we're carrying heavier packs. Now, from a point of view of um, flexibility, um, those walks that I just mentioned, and again, I do other 30-kilometre-plus walks when I'm hiking with packs on an annual basis, and I find at the end of the day, my leg muscles have become locked into a, a fixed range as I just do repetitive steps all the way through the day that tend to stay fairly consistent. And I find that um, if I don't do something in relation to uh, stretching or flexibility both at the start of the day, the middle of the day, and the end of the day, I wake up the next day and my legs are really stiff and sore and I struggle to get going. And I also struggle to have a good night's sleep because my legs um, are just sort of locked into that sort of uh, uh, limited range. So as I said, really from a, a flexibility point of view, dynamic stretches in the morning, things like leg, uh, leg swings and calf raises, um, but after you've warmed up. So typically what I'll do on a hike is I'll get up, I'll make breakfast, I'll wander around, I'll go to the bathroom, and then sort of 10 or 15 minutes later, I'll start doing some dynamic stretches just to get myself ready for the, the day's walk. During the day, lunchtime, if I, once I take my pack off and I'm having a break, I'll do some um, uh, some stretches as well, uh, again, just to get that uh, that range of motion within the muscles and keep my muscles fluid. And then at the end of the day, once I've got my pack off, I'll go through and do stretching again. So just so I, I'm, I'm, I'll have a good night's sleep and be ready for the next day. So when we talked to Jackie from Canberra Fitness Centre in episode 63, um, she was recommending that particularly when you're camping overnight first thing in the morning um, before you start to leap up out of your sleeping bag, you should also do some stretches to start uh, – you know, getting the fluid moving around your body and um, not jumping up too fast, but easing into it. And again, I suspect that probably most of us don't don't do that or don't spend much time thinking about that. The other thing I'd recommend as well, and again, this is not something I'd worry about on on two or three kilometer hikes or short day hikes, but it is something I do on longer hikes, really the longer than uh, than sort of two days, is to carry a massage ball. Um, and you can use a golf ball or you can use the large mash hard balls, but I try to limit the weight. So I've got a picture of this um, in the, the show notes and the written version of this podcast, and my little mash hard ball weighs around about 54 grams. It's around about the size of a, a golf ball and only marginally heavier than the golf ball. You do tend to, tend to get strange looks as you're rolling rolling muscles on, on uh, tent platforms or on hard ground or rock. Uh, it looks very strange, uh, but certainly I just find that uh, for the sake of 54 grams of weight in the pack, it really is worthwhile. 
Um, so uh, the other thing you can use, and again, this is something that uh, Joe Bonington recommend if you're the sort of person that carries water bottles, um, particularly the metal water bottles, they help to roll the muscles out because you can use them as a, a, a almost like a, an alternative to a foam roller that you'll use in a gym or at home. Now, the other thing we're going to talk about is stability, and stability is very important, but it's again, it's an, it's an underrated sort of action that people tend not to think about. And when we're talking about stability here, we're talking about the ability to walk and not trip over or roll your ankles. Now, um, I've got an aging mother, and she has had falls as she's gotten older uh, because she's lost a lot of um, uh, muscle strength. Uh, and as a result, um, she's very unsteady on her feet. And this is something you particularly notice with older people. But, you know, that's an extreme. But from a, a hiking perspective, if you're walking on flat uh, groomed trails or on concrete paths and that's it, um, your muscles don't have to work very hard to keep you very upright or very stable. If you're walking on uneven trails or rocky trails where your feet are not walking in a dead flat action, they're, they're, they've got to move over rocks or, or uneven ground, the small stabilizer muscles will tend to strengthen up as a result. And this, what this means is that when you go through and do misstep or maybe roll your ankle, you're less likely to injure yourself. So when you are doing fitness training, it really is really important that you don't just walk on flat ground or walk around your local neighborhood. Get out onto an uneven pathway or a, a real hike. So we've come back to the, 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 the best training for hiking is, is to actually hike. Um, and that'll help build up the stability. I think there are also other things that you can do in between your hiking to, to maintain your stability. And, you know, sometimes it's as simple as, um, you know, standing on one foot for a little while and, and swapping over the whole, whole bunch of other, um, exercises you can do. But something as simple as just standing for a moment on, um, in a stable place, you can do it up against the wall if you need to do it. But, you know, that will really get you to focus on the stability around, particularly around the ankles and build up your strength. So what we want to do is to bring this all together. Fitness training does include rest days. Uh, you certainly don't want to be training or doing physical activity every day of the week. You do want to allow your muscles time to, to rest and relax. So particularly for my upcoming hike on the Bibbulmun track, I have factored in rest days here just to allow, to cater for either injury or also to allow my muscles a chance to recover and rest. Um, the issue with a lot of people, particularly on longer hikes, is overuse injuries where they're doing repetitive actions over and over again and not allowing the body a chance to rest and recover. So having a rest at some point, whether it's just once a week where you don't do any exercise or maybe you do, if you are going to exercise, do something so totally different like swimming or some sort of different action that, that doesn't keep your muscles going all the time. The other thing I'd say with um, 
uh, fitness training is it, it's a habit. Uh, and as Jill said, she's been getting out in what <laughs> so far has been the coldest week of Canberra's winter, where I think the coldest temperature that I saw when I was actually pack training, I was walking around uh, with an 18 kilo pack. Uh, it was minus 7.7, felt like minus 10.9. Um, now, not some, not. I think it was minus seven point eight. It felt like minus eleven point two, actually. So I was getting out at a different time than you were. <laughs> um, so it's it's the sort of thing that um, you know. It's easy to say, well, look, it's too cold. I'm not going to get outside. I'll wait until it's a bit warmer. And if that's the case, particularly for Jill and I, in you know, in the coldest capital city in Australia, it means we wouldn't do, be doing any exercise at all over the winter period. Um, so it's a matter of uh, saying, well, okay, it's. I suppose there's that the old the old adage of there's no such thing as a a bad day's hiking. It's just that you've got the got the wrong clothing on if that's the case. Um, so make sure that you've got the appropriate clothing on. Uh, so when you do go out um, in those sort of temperatures, or if it is raining, uh, you're as comfortable as you can possibly be. Yeah, I don't think I've got many exclusive. Uh, I don't think I've got many excuses now. It probably doesn't get any tougher than that. <laughs> um, so, as I said, it becomes a habit when you find. Uh, I find that uh, when I really don't want to get out, um, even if I got up late and I can't say, "Well, look, I've gotten up late. I've really only got fifteen, twenty minutes now, and it's not worth it. I won't bother going." I will actually go out even if, if it's for 15 to 20 minutes because it's just that action or that uh, activity of getting out and doing something on a regular basis. Um, it is so easy to find excuses not to do something. And if you are planning for a particular hike, you know, you're going on the overland track, you're going on Kokoda, um, you know, getting into that routine and rhythm is really important. As I say, as a final thing, Whatever type of type of hiking you do, ensure that you have the appropriate fitness level. If you're new to hiking, start out slowly. And if you're new to physical training altogether, it really it's probably best if you go through go through and see a doctor and get yourself checked out to ensure that there are no underlying medical issues. I would actually suggest that, um, particularly if you're doing something fairly serious and you haven't been used to doing physical training, go through and talk to a fitness trainer. Um, particularly one that's experienced with hiking and outdoor activities um, and get them to write up a program for you. Uh, and I know certainly from my, my mine and Jill's perspective, it's easy when you're training yourself. When you've got someone else as a personal trainer, you tend to work a lot harder because somebody's pushing you a bit. So if you are... Um, you do have a time frame and a goal where you need to be at a certain fitness level. Um, having a, a personal trainer certainly does help. And, and it doesn't have to be a one-on-one -on -one exercise. It can be a group activity. There's you know, just about every city on town in Australia, there'll be a personal trainer there that can help you get fit for what you're trying to do. If you are doing this on your own, remember to build up slowly and remember that you are hiking to enjoy yourself and whatever that means for you, if it means doing lots of activity, that's fine. If it means doing shorter hikes, that's also fine. There really is no wrong answer here. Yeah, and I think that also applies to your getting fit routine as well. You really do have to enjoy it. And, uh, you know, um, a lot of things that we talk about is it's got to be right for you. 
Um, so this is one of those ones that, you know, you, you have to enjoy it and it has to be right for you. That's all for this week's episode. As we lead up until the, my, the start of my Bibbleman Track through hike in early August, we'll be shifting to weekly episodes, uh, and I will actually be releasing weekly episodes from the trail as I go. So the focus for August and September and early October will be the Bibbleman Track, uh, and uh, you'll get to listen to me uh, <laughs> as I'm going. Over and uh, over, over and again. over again. <laughs> um, so Jill manages to skip out at least at least uh, on those sort of exercise, uh, those, uh, those episodes. So keep an eye out for our next episode, which will be released next Wednesday. I've got two possible uh, uh, topics, and it really depends on availability of someone I need to talk to, which episode I'll be releasing next week. So, so it's a surprise. It's a surprise it's episode. A surprise. But it is to do with the Bibbulman track. So uh, as I said, the fa- that's where the focus will be over the coming, coming uh, a couple of months. Okay, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. As always, you can download this episode through iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and a number of other podcatchers. You can also listen to this episode through our website at Australian Hiker, uh, as well as through SoundCloud. If you had the chance, please go through and rate us on iTunes to help get the message out there. That's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me.